Today's episode of Podcast by Committee is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think NFL tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in just two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discover the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. We've revamped a little bit. Uh, you know, preseason, we did a lot with the beat writers to get a lot of scoop to prepare for your drafts. Now what we're doing is the beat writer show early in the week on Tuesday. On Thursday, we're bringing in uh, one of the members of our fantasy staff here at The Athletic. Maybe some outsiders. We don't know yet. We'll decide. We'll see who says no, who says yes. Uh, so today we're bringing in an old friend of mine, a good pal, and uh, he's just coming down off of his fantasy baseball high stakes winnings high, Mr. Manny Medica. What up, Matty? Hey, how's it going today? Uh, pumped to be doing this. And uh, yes, I am coming down off the high, but you know, football is now full bloom. I mean, uh, you, you, I mean, you put it out on Twitter, kind of in coded language, how much you won. Uh, we don't have to get into that right now, but I mean, uh, you know, it's it's this isn't like a DFS thing. This is a season long slog of draft prepping for the draft, drafting putting the rosters together, getting the right guys in fab, starting the right players. Um, so I just want to reinforce that this is a guy you're listening to for advice who just won a chunk of money. And it was like an eight-month slog. Um, have you th- have you figured out what you're going to spend anything on yet? Do you have like a, something ticketed for buying? Uh, I mean, outside of a TV, not really. You know, maybe uh, set a vacation with the wife and stuff like that. But, you know, we'll – I'm sure I'll find things to spend it on. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with that. Uh, we're here to help if you need it. Uh, hit, hit Matty up on Twitter. <laughs> we're not going to give your email away if you got some ideas. Uh, so Matt Medica, you can find him on uh, on Twitter at CTM Baseball. That's CTM is for Charging the Mound Baseball. But we're doing some football advice today. And, um, you know, I know I sent you a rundown, but I did want to start somewhere else. Uh, Cole Beasley is mm-hmm. getting zero love. Over the last two weeks, he's number three in all the NFL and targets. And people love targets, and they like drugs to some people, and he's only 21% owned. I really thought he'd be among the most added in CBS leagues. He wasn't. He was, he was pretty far down, only added 4% of leagues once the waivers ran. Um, look, he's only gotten 123 yards in these two weeks here, no touchdowns. But uh, is, this, is this something like the targets are real and the regression's going to come in a good way with the yardage, Matty? Or is just Cole Beasy, like, you know, just a guy, there's nowhere to put him? No, I think the percentage, he should be uh, highly – more highly owned than what twenty one percent you said. Yeah, twenty one uh, in CBS leagues, which is probably it's usually lower in uh, Yahoo and ESPN. I didn't bother. Yeah, check. my thing is especially in a, like a three wide receiver league where you have to start them. I mean, he's a perfect you know plug and play guy on bye weeks, or if you need that flex option. Uh, it's the, he was brought here for a reason, and with Josh Allen, he was the safety blanket for him. As you mentioned, I believe he's got like 23 targets over the last two weeks. He's never been a big yardage guy, but uh, he, he really don't have to. The thing here is it looks like Barkley's going to be quarterbacking again this week. 
So I, I mean, and Beasley's going to have that similar role. It's not going to change. So I think he's somebody that you should should be on your roster. I'm not saying he's a guy you're starting every week and stuff like that. But for roster depth, he's somebody I definitely want to own. So this is a wonderful segue into I wanted to look at the most dropped players. I haven't looked at the most added players. I want to take a look at the most dropped players. And maybe we put Cole Beasley as the guy that you're dropping these people for. How about that? Okay. I mean, are you, maybe like Auden Tate. Are you, are you bigger on Auden Tate or Cole Beasley right now? Uh, you say Golden Tate? No, Auden. Auden. I don't know how we say his first name, to be uh, honest. I don't have the pronunciation guide. I think I'm going to stay with Beasley here. Uh I, I just he's got this defined role in this offense that's trying to evolve. I think you know a guy like Dawson Knox is going to become more relevant as well. You know this isn't an explosive offense outside of like a Smokey Brown or even a, a, the thing they're missing here is Devin Singletary, which I think can really uh, improve their offense. I mean he has what five of his ten rushes are over fifteen yards, which is pretty phenomenal. Oh, I thought you were going to – I thought it was the middle of your thought. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right. So would you drop uh, any of these players? This is, this is the CBS on the roster trends page. It's one of my favorite tools. It's not even a tool. It's just a page. It's available. Um, even if you're not in a CBS league, you can you can go find it. I'm not exactly sure how. You know, you just I would just Google search roster trends, CBS. Um, but I find it – you go to players. If you're playing in a CBS league, you pull it down. There's roster trends. Um, you can see the most added and dropped. I like the most viewed. It shows you who people are kind of looking at, and then you combine it. Anyway, here are the questions for you. At this point in time, would you drop John Ross for Cole Beasley? No, I, I would not. I would not drop John Ross. Even if you don't have an IR, you just bench John I'll, Ross. I'll chase that... the upside right now with Ross and stuff like that. All right. Nelson Aguilar. Uh, that's, He's been dropped in 11% one... of leagues. I think I keep Aguilar just for the fact that, you know, the health status, the the age on their top receivers. So he could get that role back at some point. I mean, he's, as we're stating, he's dependent on other people's health. But as a bench player, I'll keep Aguilar because it's a much better offense. Adrian Peterson's been dropped in 6% of leagues, bringing his ownership down to 78%. Is this a mistake? I mean, I know he's got the Pats this week and people, oh, I can't start him against the Pats. But um I mean, he's still Darius Geis is still several weeks away, maybe like four weeks away still. Um, is it dumb to drop Adrian Peterson right now? I mean, look, if you have running back depth, I, I could do it. I'm not really, a, you know, I've, I've been staying away from AP last year was a mistake. I just really want outside of uh, Terry McLaren, I really want no part of this offense at all. So I don't know if it's – I don't think it's a mistake. It's really going to depend upon your uh, roster construction. And, look, if you need to put him in there, I don't know what the upside is. I mean, he'll have a couple of weeks that, you know, hey, he he might have saved you. But I don't think he's uh, somebody I'm really excited about owning. How crazy would it be if Washington just decides to beat New England this week? Just crush it. That would be insane. Yeah, <laughs> the the, the uh, Giants manhandled them, and I know Haskins came in and he's not ready for prime time and all that. But you know, if they if they defeated the Patriots, that would be one of the biggest upsets. <laughs> uh, we had a uh, one one of our last pop one of the V shows in the preseason. We had uh, Ben Standig on, and he's the Washington beat reporter. And he was, I mean, he was talking about what happens if Gruden gets fired, 
and this is this is before the season started, and it looks more and more likely now, I think. Um, but you know, this offensive coordinator they have is kind of like a Josh McDaniels-y, well-regarded kind of guy. Um, could change the offense a little bit. I mean, like you just you, you give him a couple weeks to kind of get people used to and acclimated to his offense instead of Gruden's. Um, maybe some people start having different values on that team. I don't know who, but maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, if if there is a coaching change, which seems, you know, that's inevitable at some point, uh, which I think, you know, Haskins, even if they don't start him this week, they can say, well, Keenum's, uh, you know, he got hurt last week. That's why we put the kid in. He still needs a little more, you know, he needs some time to grow. But I, I do think you're going to see Haskins quarterbacking the at least the, like the last six games of the season. I mean, I would do it regardless and let him – go through the growing pains there. So it would be interesting. It would change things. But like I said, McLaurin is for real. I believe in that. And him and Haskins do have the hookup from college. All right, last one. Would you drop Cole Beasley to pick up – I'm sorry, would you drop James Washington to pick up Cole Beasley? Would I drop James Washington? I know the Mason Rudolph-James Washington connection is all you hear about on Twitter. But he's not the guy. It's uh, Deontay – what's his name? The uh, rookie—that's the guy you want. So, I don't think so. All right. Would you uh, would you rather have Deontay Johnson or would you rather have uh, Cole Beasley? And that's the last one. Then we'll get into some of the fun stuff. I'll take Deontay Johnson. I'm I'm always going to chase upside in ninety percent of the uh, instances, unless I just need that security there for some reason on my roster. You know, that's what your bench is for. Your bench is for upside players that can possibly, you know, break out and, you know, help you win some weeks from time to time. All right. I want to, uh, I wanted to play a little game called, uh, well, it was, there's a swear word in it, but uh, <laughs> I, I want to, <laughs> I'm not going to say it to save Beller some editing time. It's bracket this blank. Um, there are four running backs, uh, mm-hmm. two from each team. I want to bracket them, put them against each other and, you know, NCAA tournament style and have you pick a winner and a loser. Um, so the first matchup is the number four seed Jordan Howard versus the number one seed Miles Sanders. Who'd you rather have on your team? Uh, I gotta take an L here, but uh, I don't know if it's gonna be uh, long lived. I still believe at some point Sanders is going to be a league winner in the second half. He's had some opportunities. He started that game off. If you know he runs that play correctly, there might have been a different script on Thursday night. The week before, he should have had over 100 yards receiving. Wentz, you know, missed them wide open on a terrible pass. But he's fumbled the ball. He's a rookie. So right now, it is Jordan Howard as much as it pains me to say that. Oh, what an upset. Jordan Howard. Wow. Uh, by the way, Matt Medica's column, the, the Fantasy Rewind, is up right now on the site. If you want to check it out, it went up on Wednesday morning. So uh, good stuff, I mean, by the way. One me, of our most popular columns. One of our most popular <laughs> columns, by the way. <laughs> That's great to hear. For, I mean, for me, I got to say Howard – but I am still a believer in uh, Miles Sanders for this season. But, yes, right, Howard, you have to do it right now. Coming off that game, I know the Packers are terrible against the run and all that. But right now he's in the pole position on a really good offense. That They get Deshaun Jackson back and all that. It's, it's just too good of an offense. They got the three-seed Ronald Jones versus the two-seed Peyton Barber. Who's advancing? Uh, Ronald Jones by knockout for me. Uh, which I, you know, it's it's taken some time. He was a good runner in college. I don't know last year if he didn't come in in shape and stuff like that. Uh, it was like a wasted rookie season. 
but he is showing flashes, and I think you know it's evident he will be the guy for the Bucks sooner than later. And the championship game. Oh, let's do the let's do the the loser bracket first. We got Miles Sanders versus Peyton Barber. I think I know which way this is going, but I have to ask you yeah. anyway. Miles it's, Sanders. It's going to be Miles Sanders. Uh, it's not even close for me here. Like I said, again, Miles Sanders. If you know, at some point. All he needs is the touches. He doesn't even need to have 20 touches in a week or something like that. The kid can catch the ball. He needs to secure the ball. But you're always going to go with, you know, an offense that, you know, they rotate the backs and all that. But I I think this kid does have that potential. And look, Nick Chubb wasn't really a thing until week eight. That's That was Cleveland's coaching's fault. You know, the guy that won won 31. Right. You know. Um. For the championship, the four seed Jordan Howard or the three seed Ronald Jones, who would you rather have on your team right now? I'm gonna go with Howard here again to reiterate the point. I I just think you know he'll he'll be secured in right now. He has that chance to improve his role on on this offense, get those goal line carries. But you know it's closer than I would have thought with Ronald Jones entering the season. Uh, let me ask you this. Is it safe to say that your your four would be Howard Sanders, Jones, Barber, or would you have Jones over Sanders at number two if you had to rank these guys? Uh, if uh, I'll say it as this. As a person that's got to give the advice to others, yep. I would say Howard, Jones, Sanders, Barber. But for me, there is no way I'm cutting Miles Sanders or anything like that. And he, to me, is the best out of all four of these backs. Can you start? But you have to. You have to be real, and you have to give the advice based on the situation we're in right now. Well, I think there's a lot to be said. Like the way I play, I, I don't want to say I have a reckless abandon sometimes because it's well researched. <laughs> it's not like I'm just picking guys. But oh, I love this guy. I'm drunk. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I uh, maybe there's some risk involved with what I do. But the risk is there's tremendous upside, mm-hmm. and I want to crush people. And I've learned more and more over like the last four to five years that I, I'm playing a, a huge end game game here. Like I've got players on my team who, you know, I'm, I'm banking on in weeks 9, 10, 11. Like, I want my, my team to be just good enough to get me to, like, week mm-hmm. 9, and then I go on a four-game winning streak. Well, isn't isn't that the way? Five-game winning streak. Depending upon how you play fantasy, if it's just traditional and stuff, you just need to get into the playoffs, and you want to be it. the hottest team come playoff time. It isn't the team that went 11-2 that always wins it. It's that, you know, 7-16 and 16 that just squeaked in, but all the you know everybody's hitting now. The team's on a roll. Maybe the schedule favors you too. You know, you, you, look. In order to be good, you got to have some luck too. So I don't care what anybody tells you. Right. But I'm 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 finding myself more and more these years building my teams toward the end. So that like that's Miles Sanders, yeah, right. Like that's a guy I want on my team mm-hmm. because that's when he's going to emerge. Anyway, yeah, I'm, right, I'm in fun. full I'm in full agreement here. And there's a player I believe we'll talk about later, and that's one of the reasons why I'm probably interested in buying that player. I wonder who that is. <laughs> we'll find out. There are a lot of – hold on. Let me just – just for people listening whose – your interest is peaked, the players we have left to talk about are Golden Tate, A.J. Brown, Gardner Minshew, Austin Eckler, Josh Gordon – well, Cole Beasley, I guess I moved up, uh, Rex Burkhead, Mason Rudolph, Jared Cook, and uh, I guess a little Daniel Jones in there, a little Haskins Keenum. Anyway, stay tuned. Well, you, we're not going to talk about Todd Gurley? Oh, we are going to talk about Todd Gurley. <laughs> Yeah, you want to talk about Todd Gurley now? Let's get, let's get Todd Gurley off right now. No, no, let, let's just get him out. Look, I stayed away from him in draft season and stuff like that. But as I put in my article, I think sometimes, you know, you, you got to go after people 
you got to, you know, buy on their fear, sell on their confidence and stuff like that, you know. So I, I think, look, he's coming off of a five-game – I mean, uh, five attempts this week. Two of them resulted in touchdowns. He's targeted 11 times. The Rams are getting to a situation where they're going to need to use this guy. I, I know it's load management and all that, but, you know, 51 straight games of double-digit rushing attempts when he's played – Versus now he just had five, zero in the first quarter, and the team just got lit up. So I think right now, if you have an owner that's ner- you know really nervous and saying, you know what, I got to get out of this before it gets really bad, I think that's where you can step in a box. I think the price is going to be right in most situations. Not all, but in most. We know, so I'm trying to reconcile these two things. So in your article, you wrote about how he's had just he's been in for a ton of snaps. And, uh, you know, in my article, uh, I wrote it, I, I didn't, I stumbled upon it accidentally when I was like sport radar and we're all on this radar 360 thing that they have, which is awesome. Um, has this thing called like pass snap percentage. And it tells you how many passing snaps. It's pretty self-explanatory. A player was in for it. And Gurley was like, I think he was third in the end of like being in among running backs. I think he was first among running backs. Like he was really high overall too. Um, how many passing snaps he was in for. And I'm starting to think like the way the Rams are managing his load, it's not like he's not coming in for a bunch of snaps because he is, but they're putting him in for passing snaps where, you know, they're not making him run as much. So he's not hitting, you know, these linebackers aren't hitting his knees. You know, people aren't jamming up at the line. Um, You know, 11 targets obviously is a lot, but he's in there for these passing plays, maybe as a decoy, maybe just to get him in a rhythm. I don't know, but uh, it's, it's an interesting thing that I, I don't think I've figured out the actual conclusion on this yet, what this means, but to me, it seems like they're trying to conserve him, keeping it on the mm-hmm. passing plays, not making him run it through everybody and, and get destroyed. Uh, and that's their conservation effort. Um, so, you know, maybe later on he gets some more of those hard carries where people can you know, go at him and it'll be a little more grueling, but early on they're, you know, putting him in on kind of the easy ones. Yeah. I crazy? believe it was his first touchdown run. If you get a chance, if you missed it, if you get a chance to look at it, that's Todd Gurley. Like, he just took on the guy, steamrolled him, got into the end zone. And I think there's going to come a point in the season where he's going to go back to the usage. Uh, not not say his peak usage, but you're going to see more and more Gurley in the situations that you maybe were accustomed to. So that's what, that's what I'm banking on. And I'm what, my point is you should be able to get him now Cheaper than his draft day value. You know, that's what right. you know, I'm trying to pick up on. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, since we're doing a disservice by just saying we want Todd Gurley, who would you trade for Todd Gurley right now? Do you have a name that you could, that you could pull off of the bottom? Uh, sorry, maybe the bottom. Not Probably not the bottom of your bench. You're probably going to have to give up something of value. No, you're, um, gonna, you're not going to get get away with giving up, uh, you know, you're going to have to give up something. But I feel like someone's just kind of like, we went into the season knowing what Todd Gurley was, so it's not like DeAndre Hopkins, who you were all hyped about, and there's no, nothing's wrong with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Todd Gurley, people knew what they were getting into, and they're like, okay, I gave him a shot for four weeks, maybe some okay, stuff. I, take I have a guy hands. that I, that I think is interesting, who I think is a fantastic player, just in a horrible situation and stuff. You know, if there's a Joe Mixon believer, like, you know, those types of, you know, you're going to have to give up somebody that, you know, went in, in a decent area who's playing very well and stuff. How about Evan Ingram? 
look, I mean, look, you could possibly have Evan Ingram and uh, Darren Waller on your team. I mean, that's that's right. a real possibility. And as much as I don't want to trade like Evan Ingram and stuff, but if my running back situation is hurting or I have a really good team, but I need that player for that second half run, I mean, that's what you're banking on. You're banking – what I'm banking on by saying this and what we're banking on is basically he's going to get more work and more and get those goal line carries come that second half of the season. Uh, let me give you – I don't want to play this name game, but like, I don't think Larry Fitzgerald is enough. Um, how about Mike Evans? I don't want to trade Mike Evans. I know, neither do I, but I mean, like, I'm just thinking, like, what would get you Todd – like, if, if I saw this trade and I'm a Todd Gurley owner and someone's like, hey, Mike Evans for Todd Gurley – um, I would take it. I don't know if I would give it if I'm the Mike Evans owner right now, but I would I would take it if I was the girly owner. Yeah, I would. Yeah, if you're the girly owner, I I, I think with Mike Evans, what is he like number one in air yards or something? He's got like an insane amount. Those first two games, he was dealing with you know seems sounds like was a very uh, very difficult stomach issue you know yeah. that he was uh, undergoing. So I, I just I think this offense on the Bruce uh, areas, and you know we're seeing the Bucks. We, we, Jameis stumbled out of the gate, but I, I just think the players on this team, him and Godwin, are just too good. It's like they're too good for Jameis to fail in in the long run. Hmm. So I, can't I, think I, I don't think I can trade Mike Evans. I don't think I can do that. I should uh, maybe uh, George Kittle. Like it's the same as Evan Ingram for me. Yeah, no, I, could, yeah. I could do I could do Kittle for for Gurley. If, like I said, I'm I'm gonna think this guy. Right. Look, and you watched him. I, I was watching some of that game, and I just think you know there's risk. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But you know the, you're looking for a high end reward here. You know we saw what the guy did a couple of years ago in the playoffs. He basically put everybody on their back and won them championships. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, it's a different guy with arthritic knees who we've like, mm-hmm. that's not even coach speak, you know, like it's actually happened. So, no, it, it has actually happened. But, you yeah. know, I, I do think they're going to lean on. They're going to have to get, you know, they they went to the Super Bowl last year and lost. I think they're going to try and get there this year and win. You know what I'm saying? Well, they know how. I mean, they were, they were so close and such a terrible. Anyway, we're not here to talk <laughs> about the Super Bowl. We're here to talk about fantasy football. Golden Tate, I got some over unders for you, Matty Medica. Over under 50 targets this week. Oh, I'm sorry, snaps. Whoa, my bad. Snaps. 50 snaps this week. You know what? I'm going to go under here. I think, you know, uh, I think it might be a – I like Golden Tate. I think he's a very good player. Uh, I think it might be a a good time to sell high on Golden Tate this week, you know, because I do think he's very good, but I do think there's other pieces ahead of him in this offense. So I'm going to say under. Over under 64.5 yards this week. I'm going to say under again. Uh, so I'm going to guess you say under on the 8.5 targets that I had. Yes, I am going to do this. And another reason why is the Giants' schedule gets very tough these next two weeks. They do have Arizona three weeks out, which, you know, everybody just, you know, has has uh, fantastic days against. But, you know, Minnesota and New England these next two weeks – you know, let's see how everything plays out. I know Danny Dimes is right now off to a raging success, but competition matters. Like, who you play matters. So this is going to be interesting. Um, here's, you just This isn't on the rundown, but they're playing Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you rather have Golden Tate 
or would you take your choice between Diggs or Thielen? We don't know which one's going to have that game. Everyone says that offense can't support two wide receivers. Um, rank those three for me. Uh, I'm going to go this week. I would rather have either of the Vikings receivers over Golden Tate. Look, the, the Giants' the secondary is terrible. Uh, they got lucky. Keenum got hurt, and a rookie came in the week before. I don't know what the hell happened in the second half. They they played not to win the game. So I, I think there's going to be an emphasis on the Vikings to get this passing game somewhat healthy, and the Giants are the exact recipe for that. Um, rest of the season. How about that? Diggs, Thielen, Tate. I'm still going to go with the uh, Viking receivers here. Because, look, you got Shepard, you got Ingram. I don't see how Tate overtakes them. In in the uh, pecking order here, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with those guys and look it's it's like I said it's become evident the Vikings are going to have to you know get a little more aggressive with the passing and Kirk Cousins has to start delivering you know he's been pretty awful. Fair enough. Uh, let's go into uh, some true false some fill in the blanks some uh, not exactly rapid fire but you know we, we're trying to keep this show a little shorter for the listening pleasures of all our mm-hmm. listeners. Um, AJ Brown right now, uh, 17, 10, 223 with two touchdowns. True or false? He'll have more receiving yards this season than Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson currently 9 8, 154, 2. What do you think, Matt? Uh, I will say false. He will not. As long as DJX gets back on the field, that, that will not happen. Fill in the blank. Gardner Minshew will finish as a top blank quarterback. Uh, fringe top 15. Well, there was no blank before top. I'm sorry. you can't make any rules you're not jake (laughs) top 15 dude that's i mean you know what it is i saw a great tweet saying that this this gardner Minshew performance kind of exonerates john Filippo, who never really got a fair shake in minneapolis uh, in minneapolis in minnesota um which i liked i thought that was uh i thought it was nice his dad was my athletic director when i was at boston college so I feel well, a certain amount of closeness with the DiFilippo family. <laughs> so it's, 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 nice. a good, it's a good feeling, you know? Look, I don't see how you can't root for this kid. You know, everything about him. You know, he's like a internet, Twitter sensation and all that. But I'd say in, in that range. I, I think that's where he falls, and I'm fine with that. Would you rather have Daniel Jones or Gardner Minshew on your team right now? I'm going to say Danny Jones because I think he could possibly, if he continues to, you know, use his legs and stuff like that, I'll give him the slight advantage. I think he has a better shot. I'm not saying he's going to, but a better shot of being that fringe uh, QB 12. So I'll say Danny uh, Dimes. But as I mentioned, that schedule next two weeks, it's a lot difficult. So let's see how that plays out. Uh, I got to fill in the blank for you again here. Let's go to Los Angeles. Austin Eckler will out yardage Melvin Gordon in blank of the remaining 12 games. I want to say six. I was like four seems safe. I'm going to say five. We'll, we'll go in the middle. I like how you work that out live on air. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big believer in Austin Eckler. I look, it's going to be Gordon here. I know it's supposed to be rapid fire, but Austin Eckler has basically earned himself a bigger role. He had a role already, even if Gordon didn't hold out. But he's earned a bigger role. You know, he's just been fantastic. And if you look at some of the stuff he's done, Gordon never did it. So, I like it. Let me ask you this follow-up. Um, in a Superflex league, and you have the Superflex, and let's say you've had some bad luck with quarterbacks, mm-hmm. 
Would you do the uh, the Haskins Keenum whoever's going to be? Would you, is that someone you'd have on your bench, or would you start Austin Eckler? If you you know you we're going to know who the starter is by Sunday, would you start that mm-hmm. Washington starter, or would you start Austin Eckler in your Superflex? Most of the times, uh, it would probably be Eckler. You know, it would be like this week the Redskins are playing the Patriots. I'm starting Austin Eckler. You know, I'm starting Austin Eckler over regardless of which of the two uh, gets the nod. So. I'm going to say Eckler for the most part, but it would be matchup based. Like if the Redskins are playing the Dolphins or another terrible team or something like that, I could possibly change off that. But for the most part, Eckler. I got an over-under for you, Matty Medica. The number of Josh Gordon 75-yard games this season, 6.5. That's a perfect uh, number you put there. Thank you very much. I'll I'll say he barely gets over that. I like Gordon. the Patriot offense was really stifled by Buffalo. That was the takeaway. I basically watched that entire game. Uh, it was part of a distraction because I was nervous as hell on Sunday, the final day of baseball, and all that. The Bills are my team. Look, they got a block punt for a touchdown. And I, I think Gordon is – the best thing that happened to Josh Gordon was them cutting uh, Antonio Brown. I think better days are coming for him. So I'll, I'll go over slightly. Uh, let me just, I'm just piecing this together as we're talking here, but how about Josh Gordon and Austin Eckler for Todd Gurley? I think I might rather, ha- I think I'd rather have Eckler and Gordon though. I think those two can help you. I mean, unless I have a stacked team and I need that one piece to put me over, like then I would do it. Then, then I'm thinking, look, I'm banking on him getting that, you know, getting an increased role, then I do it. But if I need the multiple positions, I'm not doing it. How about A.J. Brown and Austin Eckler for Todd Gurley? A.J. Brown and I might get it Eckler, done. I, I, I would be more intrigued about that. I think A.J. Brown is, is a guy I like. I don't love the quarterback and all that. The Falcons seem like a, a terrible team, let's be honest. I don't think the Falcons are very good. Well, we, I mean, we had uh, the show right before yours was with Falcons writer Jason H. Butt. And uh, yeah, well, so that's his Twitter handle, just Jason Butt. Sorry, man. Sometimes you get that in your head, like the Twitter handle so much that you can't be normal. Jason Butt. Um, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's, he was not like, we're trying to find some kind of silver lining and goodness mm-hmm. and it's all fantasy. There's no like actual real team goodness in there, which is sad. No, it doesn't, it doesn't seem that way. Uh, I've been a proponent of uh, Calvin Ridley. I do think this team, I, I don't see how the running game is going to be a factor here. So for fantasy, I I think, you know, Matty Ice, who's what? He's he's thrown more interceptions this year in four games than he did all of last year in 16. I think he's going to have to sling the rock. Austin Hooper has been a tremendous beneficiary. I think he has one less, I think he has, excuse me, point one less points than uh, Tyler Lockett, a guy who I love and expecting a big game this week from him. Um, all right. That, uh, hold on. One more. Stefan Diggs. I don't know who the second guy would be. Eckler's too much. I'm just trying to think of another Gurley trade. Stefan Diggs yeah, and I mean, blank for Todd Gurley. I mean, depending Darius on Geis. That- Stephen Stefan Diggs and Darius Geis for Todd Gurley. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Gurley owner's doing that, though. <laughs> I mean, Geis is how many weeks off? And he hasn't done anything yet. He's just been injured. And Diggs is really getting killed. 
by this offense and by Kirk Cousins' play and the stupid offensive penalty uh, rule that they've been, have implemented. Oh, wait, we got a we got a new tool coming out. Um, it might be out by the time this is live. It's yards lost penalty tool. It's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. We went like there's there are by last count. We got to fill in week four today, and then we're going to release it. I think a hundred and oh, week four is in there. Okay. 247 instances in which offensive players lost yardage to penalties right now. That's, like Allen Robinson yeah. lost 42 on a pass interference. I'm just like, re, I'm just going down the list here to there's some random ones. Ronald Jones lost 24 on an illegal shift in week four. Cody Latimer and Daniel Jones lost 50 on an offensive pass interference penalty. I mean, it gets into the question of like, would he have caught it if it wasn't for this, you know, holding illegal formation, stuff like that. But it's an interesting tool, like nonetheless. You know, if you're if your guy looks kind of weird, you know, Justin Jackson lost a touchdown, Nick Chubb lost a touchdown because mm-hmm. of an illegal shift on Beckham Jr. Um Randall Cobb lost a touchdown 74 yards on holding penalty. Oh, the, it's just a cool, it's a cool thing to go through, and you can make the decision yourself. I think that's an excellent tool. And that's something I look at every week. Uh, uh what players got touchdowns called back? Uh Ronald Jones, I think, had two big plays called back uh from penalties. So, you know, that tool combined with, you know, touchdowns taken off the board, I think is something that people should be looking at. We'll get into that later. I hope it does well. I don't think anyone else has this. I checked pretty hardcore to make sure we weren't, like, copying anybody, incidentally. Uh, So far, so good, I think. So, anyway, moving along. Uh, We've got a few minutes left. Here's a question for you, Matty Mel. You have to be that guy associated with one of these players like you're the dude on twitter being like why isn't anyone picking this guy up you're crazy he's awesome you have to do it you can't jake your way out of this <laughs> your choices are rex burkhead mason rudolph or jared cook which one is going to be associated with the maddie medica brand uh look coming into the season i was a big jared cook guy with uh drew Brees under center i thought it was a really good landing spot i think mason rudolph is better than he's shown. But I'm going to say Rex Burkhead, uh, if ever given the opportunity due to an injury or whatever. I mean, Sonny Michelle has not looked good. You really can't be feeling confident if you have him on your roster. But I, I just think Burkhead's a, a guy that Belichick loves. I, I am somebody that likes to be involved in Patriot running backs. I, I know they get a bad uh, rap. But when it's two running backs that are in the discussion and not three, it's a very profitable endeavor. I'm going to say Rex Burkhead here. Nice. Uh, would you rather have Rex Burkhead or Cole Beasley? How about that? Let's put a nice bow on that with that question. PPR. Let's uh, say it's a PPR league. That's a good one. That's a that's a tough. I'm going to say Burkhead because if an opportunity for him arises, it's just too good, you know. And he's like I said, Belichick is a fan of this guy. And we've seen what he can do with opportunities. So I'm I'm gonna stay with uh Mr. Burkhead. Maddie Mo, I got I wanna I wanna wrap this up with just kind of a it's 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 a Thursday, the Thursday night game. If you're listening to this after Thursday, sorry, but this actually works for the rest of the season. Um I read somewhere and I wish I could remember where it was. I think it was actually in our comments section on off a Selfino article. Um where like, you know, this Thursday night game Seattle's playing, and they have Carson and Penny. And I, there was the guy in the comments section. I, I think it was his market share or uh, or maybe his scouting notebook. But he was saying, like, look, it's a short week. So, you know, they ran Carson a bunch on Sunday. 
they're going to run Penny a bunch on Thursday. And this is how it's going to be you know, with teams that maybe have a couple a couple running backs who are capable of doing this. On a short week with a short turnaround, you use the guy you didn't use a lot on Sunday. Um, I thought it was interesting. I've honestly never thought of it like that. And maybe other people have. And maybe, you know, like Mike Clay is out there saying this and I've just missed it. But um, do you buy that? Is that a thing for you? Like that that if you got a Carson Penny situation, maybe like a Ronald Jones Barber situation, the other one on the Thursday night on the short week who didn't get a lot of work is going to be the guy who you're going to use a lot. Not really. I, I get the philosophy behind it. It it sounds very good and stuff, but I think it depends who your competition is and what the game and uh, game script how that develops. That's going to really dictate it because you can look at the other thing is yes, we did work him hard on Sunday, but after Thursday we got ten days off. Right. So I guess. I'm I'm not going to buy that. I mean, we saw. Oh, right, thanks for ruining that question for us. You know. <laughs> no, I was saying just thank you for ruining that. It was a joke. I still love you. <laughs> well, that's just my take on it. Maybe I'm wrong. We still love you. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, you know, in a few <laughs> weeks, look, the next Thursday night games are Rams, Seahawks, Giants, Patriots, Panthers, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Broncos. So if Penny does something this week, and maybe Gurley actually gets some runs this week, yeah, that explains why Gurley was getting a lot of passes on Sunday instead of runs. And mm-hmm. if Penny does something, okay, fine. You got the Giants, well, I- the, you know. I think Penny earned himself a larger role. It's just been injury that's really hurt him. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a weird situation. And this Rashad Penny thing, it just seems like, you know, J.D. McKissick and like all these dudes that, that the Seahawks have trotted out, Mike Davis, like all these guys, everyone's like, he's going to be the next big thing. And it's just not happening, man. It's Chris Carson, you know, over and over and over again. Oh, they, they love Chris Carson. I mean, look, C.J. Procise actually even being relevant is something that is quite amazing this season. Yeah. Weird season. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Matty Medica. Can I say one last thing before we wrap up? No, we got to go. This is my show. I dictate what we say. Okay. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, please. Geronimo Allison. I own zero shares coming in. He's done absolutely nothing. But if Devontae Adams isn't going to play this weekend, he has to be owned. I mean, somebody's got to get the ball. Him and MSV are going to be targeted. So under that stipulation, I know everybody's dropping him. But if Adams don't play, He's 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 a person of interest. You'd rather have him or Marquez Veldez Scantling? I like Scantling better. I'll take the you know six four guy with the speed and stuff like that. All right. No, uh, just let me know if I can wrap up the show whenever you're ready. You can do it now, sir. <laughs> Matt Medica, follow him on Twitter at CTM Baseball. He's Rex Burkhead's biggest fan. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody, for more episodes of Podcast by Committee coming up twice a week going forward. We love you all. Bye-bye.